everybody, and welcome to the Two Jobbers and a Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Stamfel. Uh, I used to have a podcast a couple years ago. Tried to bring it back, you know, in these times of uh, quarantine. Got to find some some activities to do around the house. Can't can't be going stir crazy here. Today on the show, I have none other than my brother, Frank Stamfel. I'm going to have a rotation of guests weekly, but this week we got my brother. Frank, how you doing, man? Doing well. The Brothers of Destruction, the former podcast name, the two-man power trip. Uh, you decided to go in a different direction. I kind of like what you're doing here because no matter who you have on, whatever guest you bring on, that person will be a jobber. I would consider myself a jobber when it comes to the wrestling industry right now because, admittedly, I've fallen off a little bit. So this is going to be a little bit of a learning lesson. Jonathan's going to try and catch me up on what's going on in wrestling as well, but I'm happy to be here. Glad to hear it, man. So I, I I hear you're working on some new stuff. Would you like to uh, talk about that at the top of the podcast here? Yeah, so I've recently joined the CBS Sports team, and I'll be hosting their podcast, Fantasy Baseball, today. So for anyone out there who does play fantasy baseball, or you just like baseball in general, or you just like having fun, you can find me over there, Fantasy Baseball, today. It is a CBS Sports Dot com fantasy baseball podcast myself scott white adam azer and chris towers plenty of baseball plenty of jokes plenty of ripping adam azer as well so it's a lot of fun uh, so if you play fantasy baseball or you like baseball in general you can find me over there sounds great man everyone should check him out right there on cbs so at the top of the show you know i mentioned the coronavirus we're all in quarantine how are you doing right now in quarantine Oh, man, it's a crazy time, Johnny. We're just trying to find things to do to keep ourselves from going crazy, shows to watch. I told you before we started recording that I started watching Tiger King. Still trying to figure out why everyone's obsessed with it so far. I think it's one of those things where it's just so bad that it's good. That's what people have kind of accepted when it comes to that. But I've watched a ton of shows so far. I've finished Hunters. I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I got a ton of stuff going on, playing some video games, obviously doing a ton of work with the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, as I mentioned, doing some writing for Fantasy Baseball over at CBSSports.com. So trying to keep yourself busy so you don't go crazy during this time. But it's tough, man, because look, Johnny, my job is revolves around sports, mostly yeah. fantasy sports, but you need sports in order to talk about fantasy sports. So it's an interesting time of trying to figure out topics to talk about. And obviously, I miss the basketball season. I miss baseball. I mean, we should have been started by now. I think eventually we're going to have to worry about whether or not football is going to get up and running here. But yeah, look, it's a crazy time. This is something we haven't really you know, dealt with ever before. And you know, just remind everyone out there to stay safe. But it's it's a crazy time, man. You just you got to keep yourself busy or else you'll go crazy. No, yeah, absolutely. Same here. You know, I've been watching a bunch of shows. I just finished season three of Daredevil. I've heard people say that season three was just as good, if if not better than season one. I have to highly disagree, because season one of Daredevil, it was just phenomenal. Not saying season three wasn't good. It was good, but it wasn't season one good. Also, same thing, you know, I've been playing a lot of video games, trying to stay in contact w- with the friends, you know, so not feeling lonely here in the house. But as you mentioned, I'm happy you brought it up, how coronavirus affected sports, because the sports world is on hold right now. It is not going anywhere. It's not moving And they're going to have to figure out, once this is all over, how the scheduling is going to go. So, do you think it's a good – it was a good idea for wrestling to keep going right now with the coronavirus going on? I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. I understand, you know, Vince – I mean, the reason why he's been at the top of – 
the food chain and the wrestling industry forever is because, you know, the show must go on. And, and I appreciate his dedication to the product, but uh, he canceled his XFL season, which was actually doing quite well. So I think I understand they're two different entities, but if he was willing to cancel his XFL season that was doing as well as it was, uh, it seems kind of weird to me that he would keep wrestling going. And I mean, we're probably going to talk about it, but we have matches that are being canceled at WrestleMania because people are under the weather and you don't really know what they're dealing with right now. And Roman yeah. Reigns is concerned because obviously, I mean, everything that he's dealt with, the guys, you know, fought leukemia and come back from that. Like he has a compromised immune system. And, you know, while they're taking all the proper precautions and they don't have any fans in the stands, which in itself is very weird to watch wrestling because the fans are, are what drive the matches. It's crazy that everything else has put on hold and wrestling is not because all you need is one person, one person to get sick. And then everyone in that kind of close proximity is, is in danger. And Vince himself would be in danger because he's kind of, you know, that demographic that is most in danger is, you know, the elderly person. So I am very surprised that, you know, not just WWE, AEW has continued wrestling uh, without fans. I get it. No fans in the stands, but uh, to me, I am very surprised that amidst everything else that's going on, that wrestling continues to, go no i mean same here i it's it almost feels like the reason why he kept going was because you know it's it's wrestlemania season wrestlemania is less than a week away actually yeah wrestlemania is less than a week away because they're making it two nights this year less than a week away and i don't i can understand if if that's what you want to do because you know wrestlemania has never been canceled and maybe in vince's mind wrestlemania will never be canceled like the, like you said the show goes on other things have never been canceled. I mean, opening day of baseball. I mean, exactly. This, these are unforeseen circumstances. So, I mean, Absolutely. if other people are willing to make changes, then, then I think Vince should as well. And and I'm not saying that other sports don't um, interact with one another, but in wrestling, you guys are you guys are touching. You're body to body all the time. So I feel like that's even more of a risk than some other sports out there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm just I am surprised that, you know, it's continued to go on. It's very surreal to watch the matches with no fans, because, again, I mean, so much of wrestling is entertaining the fans and, and being able to draw a reaction out of fans, whether a positive or, or a negative. I mean, that's the job of a face versus a heel. And I mean, so much of, you know, what you're judged on is how you can generate fan reactions. So without having fans there. I mean, it's it's almost like, what's the point, right? I mean, yes, we're seeing a, skept a, a spectacle of entertainment. I mean, people are doing things that you can't really see anywhere else in the world. But at the same time, you're kind of defeating the purpose of wrestling in itself by not having fans there. No, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, like you mentioned, there were certain stars who are, are being pulled from WrestleMania because of this of this disease, of this uh, virus. And the, the WrestleMania card is changing significantly. The biggest pull was your main event, Roman Reigns. You, you, you built this WrestleMania as Spear versus Spear, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. You, you had The Fiend, your most over superstar in the company, drop his title to Goldberg in three minutes. Three minutes so he could fight Roman. And now we're not even getting Roman versus Goldberg. Yeah, it's crazy. And that kind of just goes back to, you know, why haven't they put things on hold? And maybe there's something behind the scenes that I am not aware of. Maybe it's, you know, some kind of financial decision, some kind of political decision, because I mean, not meaning like with the president or anything like that. I just mean like yeah. wrestling politics, right? Because yeah, obviously yeah. 
WWE is a publicly traded company, so there might, you know, be things that are already put in place that they couldn't back out of. You know, there might be financial responsibilities that, you know, Vince has kind of tied himself to that he can't really back out of at this point. I, I don't know if that is the case. I'm just kind of speculating here, but that I would have to imagine that that's why they're continuing to go because, I mean, everything else, I mean, there's financial decisions with, you know, baseball not going on, with not starting the season on time, and I mean, with that, you almost build up more anticipation, right? So, like, when the day that baseball does return is going to be like no other opening day in baseball history because it it, it has built so much anticipation. So, I yeah. think that wrestling kind of could have gone down that route as well, where you kind of delay WrestleMania for now, and then maybe once you get clearance that you can have fans back in the stands and you can kind of have matches and all your wrestlers together without worrying you can kind of have a month build up to WrestleMania and that will be, you know, potentially the most anticipated WrestleMania of all time because it was delayed, something that we haven't seen before. So I, I, I personally think they probably should have went down that route, but there might be things that I just don't know about behind the scenes, reasons why Vince just couldn't cancel it. Yeah. I mean, when, when people ask me why, like, why do I think they didn't cancel? I always looked at it as like a scheduling issue because, you know, they're, they're always months in advance of, arenas they're scheduling to be in or like pay-per-views they're supposed to be in so i looked at it as like a scheduling issue maybe yeah it's, it's possible and well i mean now they're doing everything out of their performance center right yeah so, exactly I mean, they're not even booking arenas so even if they had stuff that was kind of you know booked, booked already yeah that stuff is going to be canceled anyway so uh yeah i think it's probably just something behind the scenes that we don't know about if vince is just keeping it going for the mantra of like the show must go on to me, that's probably foolish because, you know, yeah, it's going to be WrestleMania, but it's not going to have anywhere near the same effect. Like, oh no, all the theatrics, all the, the the pyro shows, all the fireworks. I mean, we're not. It's not going to be anywhere near what we're used to. I mean, not even not even close. It's just yeah. going to be something completely different than we've ever seen before. So I think it almost would have been worth it to kind of delay it and kind of put the show on when everyone could have been involved. Because again, as you mentioned, they kind of booked this whole mania around Reigns versus Goldberg, which in itself is like a whole nother conversation. Like <laughs> my mind is blown that it's 2020 and we're talking about Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, but yeah. alas, I mean, it seems like no matter what WrestleMania will always be built around the nostalgia factor, but I'll save that for later when we get into the card. Absolutely. But it's ah, man, I, I just can't with this. Cause like it almost doesn't feel like WrestleMania season. No, like, it does. It doesn't feel like, like anything season. I mean, the world is on hold, Johnny. So I mean, no, it I feels mean, like nothing. Like, what is happening in the world? There, there's, no, it's like, true. There's nothing going on. Because like the other day, like usually in WrestleMania season, you know, I like to look back and you know maybe watch a past WrestleMania or a past couple of matches, whatever. I I haven't had the urge. Well, all you have is time now, Johnny. So I mean, now I can. WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time to do it. But uh, you mentioned running down the card. I think that would be a great idea right now. Let's run down that WrestleMania card. And, you know, I'm going to throw it out there, you know, subject to change because it's, it's been changing all week. <laughs> Johnny, would it surprise you? We're recording this on Sunday, March 29th, 2020. How surprised would you be if they cancel WrestleMania between now and then, even though it might be pre-recorded? How surprised? Uh, I, I don't think I'd be surprised. Because I feel like, you know, WWE likes to uh, 
I'm not going to say surprise fans, but they like to like pull the wool over our eyes. So I can see them saying, oh, yeah, two nights, WrestleMania, it's going to be great. And then, like you just said, last minute, you know what? No, we're not going to do it. Like, I, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I would not. Yeah, well, we shall see. What do you have for the card? All right, so the first match here, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Who's Otis? He's in Heavy Machinery. He's that big guy who the loves Mandy Rose. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about this fella. I, I've seen a few of his well, matches. He's usually a tag team uh, wrestler, just so you know. Okay, so, I mean, is there any anticipation for this match? Like, are you excited about this match at all? I mean, no. I mean, they're, they're fighting because Otis is in love with Mandy Rose, and Dolph Ziggler kind of, like, swooped in and kind of, like, won her over. Okay. Well, he's a show-off, so that's not surprising. I mean, agreed. Uh, is this I had a, pre- pick- a pre-show match? I don't know if this is actually a pre-show anymore. Right, because there's two there's two nights, so I guess... Yeah, Probably I guess it's a pre-show. Um, if I had to pick a winner of this match, I'm going to go with Dolph Ziggler. I don't see Otis getting the win here. Yeah, I mean, but isn't Dolph Ziggler's job at this point in his career to put other people over? I mean, I don't know. You, you'd know better than I do. Does Otis actually have, like, a future in WWE? I would say not as a singles competitor. As, as a tag team, probably. Okay, I mean, how has Dolph Ziggler done the past calendar year? Has he, like, I consistently mean, won matches, or is he kind of used as a jobber nowadays? I mean, he's also in a tag team with uh, Robert Roode. So... I mean, I don't know, he's just been doing, like you said, Dolph Ziggler things, putting people over, win a couple here. Like, I don't know. All right, so not much going on with with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to win this match. I'll go for Dolph Ziggler just (laughs) because, I mean, I I love the guy. I mean, he provided one of my favorite moments ever when he cashed in on Monday Night Raw. Outside of that, I mean, it seems like ever since then, that was kind of like the apex of his career. Oh, I agree. Yes, that that was the peak. It just went downhill from there. All right. Next match on the card, Bobby Lashley versus Aleister Black. So Aleister Black, I mean, to my knowledge, has been, I mean, built up pretty well, I would say. Correct. Is that, is that factual over the, yes. over, since he's debuted? Yes, correct. He's, he's been built as a, as a dominant force. Yeah, so he has to win this match against yeah, Bobby. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him losing this match. Absolutely. Yeah, and Aleister Black's gimmick, just in general, is... It's pretty cool. I mean, the whole like coffin coming up. I, I love his theme song too. I think yeah. I think that's great. Probably one of the better theme songs in wrestling nowadays. So uh, I I like what he brings to the table. I mean, his finisher is ridiculous. It's awesome. Uh, Bobby yeah. Lashley at this point. I mean, what's his role in WWE? I would say same thing. Probably just putting talent over. All right. So yeah, I, I would go with Aleister Black. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would. All right. Next match. Uh, this is a match that actually got set up this past Friday night on SmackDown. Elias versus King Corbin. Who wants to walk with Elias? Is that still his thing? Does he come out and play the guitar? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Okay, so will he be playing the guitar at WrestleMania? Is that like a prop bet that we could bet on? <laughs> it probably is. And even though the arena is uh, there's not going to be anyone in the in the stands, he probably would still do his whole who wants to walk with Elias. Like, I can see that being a, a whole thing. All right, so King Baron Corbin, I assume this is because, what did he, did he win like a King of the Ring tournament or something? Correct. He won the, the, the most recent King of the Ring. King of the Ring is not a pay-per-view anymore, right? They just do yeah, like they kind of tournament? Just do it. Yeah, just do, they just do a tournament like on Raw and SmackDown. Correct. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know much about what's going on with either one of these guys, but I, I would have to imagine that Baron Corbin's going to win. I would agree with that. I would have to agree. I just feel like, you know, they've been doing a lot of good stuff with him on SmackDown. You know, he had a really long rivalry with Roman Reigns where he got some wins and then at overall Roman won. But I think that as a heel, they've been doing some really good stuff with King Corbin. And I'm so happy that he shaved his head recently. Well, not recently, oh. I guess over the past couple of years, because, man, yeah. that was that was rough. <laughs> I, I agree. All right. Now, this, I think, in my opinion, is going to be match of the night. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Man, this is this is a heavy hitter here. You know, and it kind of speaks to something that I don't want to you know go too too far off the path here. But why is it that? the mid card is almost viewed as the better wrestling. It's kind of like a philosophical question in wrestling where you look at a lot of like the greatest matches in history. Like a lot of them are intercontinental title matches. A lot of them come from the mid card for whatever reason. There's always guys that, and Seth Rollins has been at the top of the card for a long time. And it seems like now he's kind of back down in the higher mid card, but it just seems like for so long, the mid card is where you can expect the best actual matches to come from in terms of like technicality and back and forth and just the performers. And to me, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins represent, I don't know, two of the best in the world, right? Two of the top five, maybe top 10 best wrestlers in the world right now. Um, Kevin Owens. I mean, I have obviously issues with how they've booked him the past couple of years. I thought that when he first came up, that kind of unstoppable force that he was, was awesome. I thought that they were kind of booking him the right way. And then everything to like him being a fat guy to, I don't know, just WWE just kind of did what WWE did. And yeah. I mean, you please inform me more about what's going on with Kevin Owens. Cause I'd love to know. I know that Seth Rollins kind of has like his whole like little faction thing going on right now, but I agree with you. I mean, I think that this has the potential to be the match of both nights, right? Cause it's a two night yeah. event. So Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, so Feel free to tell me what's going on with Kevin Owens and why you think maybe throughout wrestling history, sometimes we anticipate the better wrestling matches coming from the mid card. Because honestly, I, I don't know the answer. So when, when it comes to why the mid card is the better matches, I would say it's because when you look through history, the main event was always, you know, these big guys who didn't necessarily have to wrestle and or know really how to wrestle. They just had to be big, do a couple of moves that looked great. And that was it. Like, it was just, these guys were just big guys who can sell tickets. Whereas the mid-card are these guys who are actually wrestlers who put on these great matches. So you're saying Andre the Giant wasn't a wrestler, Johnny? How dare you? Uh, I mean, listen, all respect to Andre, he was one of the greatest wrestling performers of all time. However, if you go back and watch WrestleMania 3 against Hulk Hogan, that match was not a match. What? If you watch, all Andre did was he would hit Hogan on the back, pick him up, scoop slam. Like, the biggest thing in that match was when Hogan picked up Andre. That was it. That's the only thing they show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's a good point. It's And there have been great main event matches in history. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to kind of downplay, you know, anything that Stone Cold and The Rock has done in their careers. But, I mean, let's be honest. Hulk Hogan, his whole kind of thing was built off of a leg drop, which. I mean, come on, it's, it's yeah. a light drop, so yeah. but I'm not going to argue Hulk Hogan's one of the best performers of all time. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Ultimate Absolutely. Warrior would come out, run around the ring, and kind of, you know, just 
guerrilla pl- press people and and clothesline people and and that was that was it that was the match so i think it, in the mid card you you have guys that almost have more to prove you know like they're That's trying true. to kind of make their way to the top of the card and and they kind of feel like they need to put on the performance of a lifetime every time that they go out there oh yeah i, mean, I don't want to kind of paint it like main event superstars are taking it for granted but i mean they know that they're at the top of the card so uh tell me what's going on with kevin owens right now because i'd love to hear so uh well this whole rivalry started a couple months ago after rollins had lost the universal title uh he felt that the fans turned on him and he was like i have to be the one to save monday night raw like you people need me i'm gonna save monday night raw so he, he started. He then aligned himself with the Office of Pain, and then he brought in Buddy Murphy, and these people are now his disciples. And Seth Rollins is the Monday Night Messiah. That's pretty cool because it goes back to his CrossFit Jesus kind of mind. And I, I think that's what he did because he knows people joke about that. So I think it was kind of like a nod to the fans as well. So that's pretty cool. So. He's now the Monday Night Messiah, and now you have Kevin Owens, who came in and was like, uh, well, beforehand, Rollins had attacked Owens multiple times. Like, him attacking Owens was initially his actual heel turn. So, Owens is now coming out, and he's telling Rollins, like, no, you suck. Like, I'm better than you. And they're doing this whole back and forth, and Owens is almost in, like, a, uh, like, a Stone Cold kind of like persona here where like he kind of just comes out does whatever he wants and then just like walks away yeah i saw something recently where he started pouring popcorn on people i think he came yeah. out stunned someone he started pouring popcorn people uh, on people and then he just kind of walked out so exactly so yeah, I mean, but i can dig it no yeah so this whole rivalry i think is just built and then this past monday night on raw uh him and Rollins had a great promo where owens was saying like Oh, like, this is the performance center. Like, this is where I started. This is where I, I, I came here, and I knew, like, I had finally made it, and I can do this. And he was like, someone like you, you know, tried to tell someone like me that I wasn't going to make it, and yet here I am. And Rollins came out and said, you know, yeah, I never worked in the performance center because, you know, I was out here in FCW. But he was like, if it wasn't for me, he was like, there would be no Kevin Owens in Derby. He was like, there would be no... um." Women's Revolution in WWE. He was like, this is all happening because of who I am. I'm Seth Rollins. I made this all happen. So it's almost coming down to a whole thing of like, um, you know, who is better between these two? Because listen, these are two guys who came from the Indies. This is this is this is easily a Ring of Honor match right here. (laughs) These two have faced in Ring of Honor multiple times. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. That's why I agree with you. In in terms of Man, who's going to win this? Um, I just hope that, you know, obviously Seth Rollins is going to have his goons at ringside uh, or they're going to get involved somehow. I, I just hope that, yes, they will get involved. I just hope that they don't directly influence the result of the match. Like so, somehow, yeah, like they will inf- influence the match somehow, but don't directly influence the end result of the match. And I'm going to take Kevin Owens to win. I don't really know how realistic that is it's kind of something i'm i'm trying to will into existence like i'm just going to keep saying it and hopefully it happens i also agree i think kevin owens finally gets the win here over rollins because he's had a couple of months now where rollins has gotten the win over him 
Uh, however, though, when it comes to his goons, I haven't heard anything about Authors of Pain, but Buddy Murphy was supposed to be in Rollins' corner, and he actually got pulled from Mania because he's also sick. So it actually might be a legitimate one-on-one match. Well, that would be great. And I agree with you. I think this has the potential to steal WrestleMania. There's one other match to me that I think legitimately has a chance to be the best match on the card, but we'll get to that when you bring it up. Absolutely. All right. On to the next match here. So, as I had mentioned before, there are a couple of um, gimmick matches happening at WrestleMania. And from my understanding, uh, they're doing this so that they don't have everyone in the same building at the same time. So it's it's less like contact between people because of the virus. So the first one here that's a gimmick match is John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. All right, Johnny, we spoke before we started recording and I said to you, I couldn't even pronounce this because it's, it's a mouthful firefly Funhouse match. Say that five times fat firefly. I'm not going to try firefly (laughs) Funhouse match. Johnny, what the hell is a firefly Funhouse match? So from what I'm imagining, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, the Orton Bray Wyatt house of horrors match. Do you remember this? Where they kind of fought in a house and just kind of like destroyed it. That sounds somewhat familiar. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, just keep talking. I'm assuming it's going to be like that, or like how they had the the Wyatt compound match. Like something like crazy theatrical. That's what I'm imagining here. So will Bray Wyatt be in his Fiend persona or not? Because it's part of like his fun oh, house. No. Isn't it like it, when it, he's in his fun house, he kind of is like the Mr. Rogers? Correct, but I, I think... I actually think here, not going to lie, because they recorded, I think he starts the match... As Bray Wyatt, and then mid-match becomes the Fiend. Now, that would be pretty sick, actually. That's what I'm envisioning here. So I'm I'm watching the highlights of the Orton versus Bray Wyatt House of Horrors match. It's, and it's just bananas. <laughs> this is wild. So it's like just a, hanging from the ceiling and stuff? Just imagine that. <laughs> okay. But Cena and him. All right. <laughs> Does John Cena have any chance of winning this, or is he, is his whole purpose just to kind of put people over at this point? No, nah, well? I think he's here to put The Fiend over, because The Fiend took a, took a blow after his loss to Goldberg. I think Cena's here to just put, put The Fiend over. But I see, I have a question. I understand why they're doing this match, because, you know, like I said, less contact with people. Do you think this takes away from Mania that if this was a real WrestleMania, this would have been a legitimate match? And I think this match could have been really, really good. No, I mean, I don't have a problem with it being a gimmicky type match because I feel like we still have a lot of other matches on the card that can still be solid matches. I feel like they have to have a few of these gimmick type matches every single year or just gimmick type events that they have at WrestleMania every year. So I don't really mind that. And, and John Cena is not a full-time wrestler anymore. So he comes back and, you know, he'll do one of these things every so often with WWE. And I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I okay. Because I, I mean, I'll wait till we get into the Goldberg later on, but I, I just, I have no yeah. idea what WWE was thinking. So on to our next gimmick match. It is the Undertaker. Versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. All right, Johnny. I'm going to throw <laughs> this back your way. What the hell is a Boneyard match? I'm just going to imagine it's a match like in a cemetery. That's that's all I can think about. 
I mean, this is this is one where I mean it probably would be better off in a ring because at I this agree. point, like AJ Styles, so much of what he does, unless he's jumping off a tombstone and and delivering a flying forearm, which yeah. you can guarantee is going to happen at some point throughout the course of this match. Oh, I mean, yeah. So much of AJ Styles' offense is what he's able to do off the ropes. So I feel like this Correct. is probably one that would be better inside of a ring. So okay. a boneyard match, I mean, it's probably just a fall count anywhere in a cemetery type, I'd imagine. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. I mean, I'm I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what it looks like production wise, like just what the set looks like for this boneyard oh, yeah. match. But outside of that, like I, I think more than even the last match, this is probably one that would have been better in the ring. Yeah, I mean Again, I'm I'm not really a fan of these gimmick matches, but I understand why we have to do them. But yeah, like you said, when it comes to AJ, he is just better with what he can do on the ropes. So this one would have been better in the ring. But now let me ask you, who do you have winning this match? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, this is <laughs> I at this point, I mean, they're obviously older in their careers. AJ like closer to being in his prime, obviously, than the Undertaker. I can what does the Undertaker gain from winning a match like this at this point? But at the same time, they kind of still need to keep the mystique of the Undertaker up, and it's inside of a boneyard. I'll probably go with the Undertaker to win, but I don't know to be honest. Who do you think wins? I'm gonna actually go with AJ Styles. Okay, why I, is that? I think when it comes to AJ, because he already clearly said uh, he just signed his uh, contract not too long ago, his newest contract. I think it was for three years. He said, he was like, once that contract is up, like, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm done wrestling. So I feel like they're trying to get as many, like, accolades under his belt in WWE as much as they can while he's still wrestling. And I think, well, I mean, what what's a better accolade than beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania? Wait, so when does his three years end? Uh, I think he just signed either this year or last year. So if it was last year, his contract would end in what, 2022? Oh, man. I was kind of hoping it would come up soon and he would just go to AEW. That <laughs> no, I mean, he, it's, it's not that. He just said, like, I'm, he said, I'm done wrestling. Like, he's like, I know. Oh, he's going to be done. Yeah, he's like, done, done. He was like, you know, I, I can still do what I can do in the ring. And he's like, once I feel like I can't do, like, certain things anymore, he's like, I, I don't want to wrestle anymore. If I can't do, like, everything I, I, I know I can do. I actually respect that because they're, I mean, you see this a lot in sports, too, where you just can't tear the jersey off someone's back. They just keep playing until, you know, because for the love of the game. But, I mean, way past, you know, when they're actually effective in their respective sports. So I actually respect AJ Styles. If that's the decision he winds up making, I, I respect it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think this win goes to AJ Styles. I think that's who's going to win this match. And you know, I've I've also read that um, this match is almost gonna uh, is gonna bring to us a new evolution of the Undertaker character. What it will be, I do not know. <laughs> so is he gonna wear more eyeliner than he normally does? Maybe. No. So what happened on our Raw two weeks ago is because so something you don't know in this rivalry is. Uh, AJ has been breaking uh, kayfabe, like, left and right. He's calling The Undertaker Mark. He's like, oh, in case you didn't know, Undertaker's name is Mark Calloway. He's married to Michelle McCool. He's like, Michelle McCool is a gold digger who, whenever she wants money, she tells Taker to go to go wrestle to make more money. Oh, my God. Like, he's just breaking kayfabe and the fourth wall, if you know, tomorrow. So Taker, in response, came out uh, 
His hair was braided, and he had a hat on, almost looking... He almost looked like American Badass. But he came out to the whole, like, mystique. But, like, he didn't do his whole, like, lights go up and everything. So I don't know, like, what taker we're going to get at Mania. I do not know. But supposedly the next... After this match, it's going to do the next evolution of the character of The Undertaker. So I don't know what the next thing is going to be from this. Johnny, you love Undertaker probably more than anybody else that I've ever met. I mean, when is he just going to hang him up? You know, listen, and and as you just said, I am probably the biggest Taker fan that there is. And, you know, he doesn't have to do it anymore. Like, like, it's okay. Like, like the world goes like for Vince to think WrestleMania cannot happen without The Undertaker. It's a lie because he didn't come out at all last year. And last year's WrestleMania was phenomenal. I absolutely love last year's WrestleMania. Like, life well, was probably on. a little biased because you were there, but... Well, I mean, probably. But still, like, no one was crying about it. Like, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, even if they did every three years or, like, just a random appearance every couple of years, I don't know. I'm just kind of... I'm one of these... I don't know what you would say. Are they, like, wrestling hipsters where I'm just tired of old wrestlers coming in, like Goldberg, Undertaker... I don't know. I'm just I want to see the younger guys kind of build the company around them. But no, it's yeah. like they've been hesitant to do that forever now. They keep using this nostalgia factor with bringing back Cena and bringing back Undertaker and Goldberg and all these guys. And I don't know. I just wish that they would kind of build up the roster that they have now. They have more talent than ever before, but it's very true. Know. They have so much talent. They don't know really what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. What do we got next, Johnny? On to the next match. This is a match that people have been waiting a long time for. Edge versus Randy Orton. Last man standing match. Yeah, so to my knowledge, I would, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would say that this is probably, there's always one or two of these matches on the Mania card where it's like personal and there's like retribution involved. I feel like this is probably that match, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Randy's kind of back to being the Viper and like, involving people's personal lives and, and doing things like that, right? Correct, correct. So Yeah, I mean, with Edge coming back the way that he did at Royal Rumble, I would have to imagine that he wins this match. I mean, there, I don't think there's any way Edge loses this match. There's right. no way. There's right. no way. Yeah, so anticipated. I mean, they've waited for him to have a big moment like this again in wrestling, which is just crazy because think about the past couple of years, the timeline for like Edge and Daniel Bryan, people we thought were never going to wrestle again, yeah. are now back in like WWE rings. Yeah. So, that's why they say never say never when it comes to wrestling. It's very true. Yeah, absolutely. All right. On to the next match. The women's tag team title match. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane. Yeah, so I have no idea what's going on in the women's division right now. So I'll kind of throw this one back your way. But uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane are the champions here going up against yeah. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Look, if, if they've continued to build Asuka the way that they did earlier on, like a couple of years ago, that's when I was probably you know more into wrestling than I am now. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, if Asuka's still kind of built that way, I can't imagine them allowing her to lose here. But you could speak more on that than I can. Uh, yeah, they haven't really been billing Asuka. To be honest with you, her and Kyrie Sane have held these tag team titles, I would say now, for... Honestly, it feels almost like six months. And I think they defended it maybe, like, two or three times. Like, really? those those titles have just not been defended. So, 
the fact that they're actually defending here, I feel like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross might actually win, just because, like, I don't know, like, there's no need to keep it on them, in my opinion. Have they built up Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss? Like, do people like them? I, I think they have a good following, yeah. I think they're a pretty good tag team. Okay, they're not just, like, a random tag team that's thrown together just for, like, I mean, WrestleMania season? I mean, no, no, no. They they were thrown together, but that was a couple months ago, and I think they, they built them as a pretty good team. All right, so you think they're going to wind up winning this match? I agree. I think they're going to be the ones to win this match. All right, I'll go Asuka. Okay. All right, next match. Uh, <laughs> this one. This one is a doozy. So, as we now know, The Miz has been pulled from WrestleMania. However, they're still going to have a tag team ladder match, but it's just going to be one half of the tag team champions, John Morrison, versus one of the Usos for the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that this has ever been done before, so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. Have they ever had tag team titles... And you might not know either. I'm kind of just putting you on the spot here. Have they have they ever had tag team titles defended in a singles match before? They they might have done it before. I mean, it's possible, but to my knowledge, I can't think of one. No. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I understand that they want you know they want most championships to be defended at WrestleMania, and you know people were looking forward to this because a ladder match between and originally this was supposed to be a triple threat, right? Wasn't it supposed to be like Usos, yeah, Ms. Morrison, and, and the New Day. Day. So now, so now what? The New Day are just excluded from it? Why? Why yeah. is that? I mean, why don't they? Why don't they put like Kofi or or Big E in here? I I don't know. I guess they decided just one on one. Yeah, I, and this kind of goes back to what we said at the top of the show that it's just kind of baffling that wrestling has continued unless there are just unforeseen reasons that they can't stop. Uh, you know, for decisions that we don't know behind the scenes but yeah i mean this is it, it takes away from mania right because obviously a triple threat between those three teams would have been awesome to watch and and Absolutely. i don't doubt that you know john morrison versus one of the usos it can't be a really good ladder match but again just having tag titles defended in in a singles ladders match it just it seems weird and they kind of took the new day out of it as well yeah um, i i hope that john morrison wins just because it's i think he has to back in wwe he, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I again, think, you can probably speak better to, you know, where John Morrison is at right now in his WWE I mean, career. I think that's a lock, in my opinion, because I feel like you're not going to have the tag titles change hands in a singles match. I think they're doing the match just to do the match, but I, I don't see the titles changing hands here. All right. Yeah, I got one right. <laughs> On to the next match. Now, this is... this. You texted me about this. You were like, match of the night candidate? Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. Intercontinental title match. Yeah, so I'm excited about this match. And this is just blind faith in the wrestling ability of, of both of these men. Because, you know, over the past, I don't know, has it happened within the past five years? I, I think so. One of the best matches that I have seen in the past five years was Sami Zayn against Neville at NXT TakeOver. And that was really kind of what brought me back to wrestling at the time when NXT was really kind of yeah. on its ascension, when it was rising and kind of making as much noise as it was. And we were getting all these uh, all these indie wrestlers kind of coming in that's kind of close to when Kevin Owens made his debut as well. Uh, and that match was 
ridiculous. So I know what Sami Zayn is capable of, and we all know what Daniel Bryan is capable of as well. And this kind of just goes back to what we said regarding the mid card throughout history, where these guys have something to prove. And I think you could see that in oh, both yeah. guys and Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. And it reminds me a lot of the match we spoke about earlier with, with Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. I mean, Daniel Bryan, everyone knows his history came from the Indies. Same thing with Sami Zayn. Like, this could easily main event Ring of Honor right now. This can easily main event something on the Indies. And, you know, if yeah. they're given the time that they deserve, if this match gets, you know, 20 minutes, 20 plus minutes, and I, I don't really see any any reasoning why matches can't get the time that they deserve if we're making this a two-day event. So if you give Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn 20 to 25 minutes in the ring together, I think that this match can be one that steals the show legitimately. Um I mean, you tell me, how has Sami Zayn been booked the past couple of years? I feel like he was more of a manager the last time I've seen him, so you can you can tell me more about that. But if they just let Sami Zayn loose, this match can be ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, so he was a manager. When he actually won the IC title, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, like, they actually let Sami Zayn win. Like, okay. And listen, I, I was with it because I love Sami Zayn. He's a great wrestler, and I've been waiting a very long time for him to actually win a championship, like, on the main roster. And it took him a long time to win a championship on the main roster. Is this his first title? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it took him a long long time. Um, You know, again, he wasn't that that manager role, but I think with everything going on with, like, the virus and how WrestleMania is booked, I I think these two are going to get the time. I think they're going to have a legitimate match. And listen, I've noticed this lately on Raw and SmackDown. These matches, because, I mean, I don't know if it's because there's no fans in the stands or whatever it is, but they've actually been giving them time to wrestle. Like, they actually have time to wrestle now. So I, I do believe they're going to get the time they need to put on a great match. So who wins? I want to say Daniel Bryan, but I think I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. I'm going to say Sami Zayn retains here. Yeah, I would say follow your first instinct there because – I mean, Sami Zayn might need it more for his career, and, and it comes down to what they want to do with Sami Zayn. Like, if they yeah. have plans for him over the next year to kind of, like, push him as one of those top mid-card con- competitors, which they should, then Sami Zayn should win. But I think if you're just looking at name value, that Daniel Bryan... I'll go with Daniel Bryan to win this match. Okay. All right. On to the next match. Raw Tag Team Titles. So this was originally Angel Garza and Andrade versus the Street Profits. It is now... Angel Garza and Austin Theory versus the Street Profits. All right, so Johnny, who the hell are Angel Garza and Austin Theory? So Angel Garza is also a guy who was in NXT who almost seems like he's actually on the main roster now. Uh, He's a former Cruiserweight champion. Uh, Austin Theory is also an NXT wrestler. Uh, I think he's just being called up here just to fill a spot. I don't think this is like a uh, you're on the main roster type deal. And they're both they both have this very similar uh, uh, lucha wrestling style. Okay, so it might actually be a solid match. I know yeah. that the Street Profits are are capable of putting on some some solid moves, some solid matches, and, and yeah, some absolutely as well. So that means this this has potential to be a solid match. But I think the fact that these these guys were just kind of thrown together, I think the Street Profits probably retain. These are the guys with the uh, with the cups, right? Yeah, partying. We want the smoke. That's what they're all about. We want the smoke. All right, yeah, they're going to win. Yeah, I agree. Street Profits, I think, are, are, are a lock for this match. SmackDown Women's Title Match. It's a fatal five-way elimination. 
you got Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Tamina, and Bailey. So for me, I think there's only two legitimate people that can win this match, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't I don't know how they've been booked recently, but it's probably between Bailey and Sasha Banks. But I'm I don't know where Bailey's kind of at in her career right she's now. A, she's a great heel. She's, she's one of the top. She's one of the top heels on SmackDown. <laughs> how has how has Sasha Banks been booked recently? So she is Bailey's BFF here. They are both heels together. So this is almost booked as like, oh, like, what do you mean she's in the match? Like, she's my best friend. Like, we can't fight. Like, we can't wrestle. Oh, someone's so, turned on someone here. I actually think uh, Bailey and Sasha work together to basically run down the talent in this match. And then Bailey, like, quick pin Sasha Banks or something like that. And that's going to yeah. be Sasha's turn. I think your logic is probably correct. It probably comes down to them, too, for that reasoning. Uh, but I, I'll go with I'll go with Sasha Banks to win this match. I don't know how realistic it is or not, but I mean, yeah, I think just based on again name recognition, Sasha Banks and, and Bailey. Are they like trying to build anyone else in this match? Like, is Lacey Evans a thing? I mean, she's like okay, but I wouldn't say they're like building anyone now. All right. All right. Now to the Raw Women's Title match. I'm actually pretty pumped for this match. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch, the man, Becky Lynch. Mind yeah, I mean, you now, mind you now, Becky, this next week, will now have held the Women's Championship for a full year. Mm. One full calendar year. Yeah, so I, I'm actually really excited about both of these women's title matches coming up. The, the Raw Women's title and the NXT Women's title. Because I think Shayna Baszler and uh, Rhea Ripley are just that new generation of like bruiser female competitor that we've kind of never even seen before. Like we've seen yes. female wrestlers before um, that are bruiser types, like, you know, bigger types, but I think Baszler and Rita Ripley are just kind of in a different league of their own right now. Uh, I, yeah, I think Shayna Baszler, if they're building her correctly, she probably is going to win this match. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. You know, I think they did a phenomenal job with Becky this entire year of putting her in top tier matches. No, the and, past two years, really. I mean, building well, her yeah. has been insane. It's true. Yeah, you're not wrong. The past two years, actually. But like this this year as champion, I think they put her up against top tier talent. And she, she says what she says on TV. She went through each and every one, each and every person. And I think Shayna Baszler is the right person to conquer Becky's championship. Has Shayna Baszler lost, like, in general, just any matches? Uh, I mean, in WWE or NXT? I guess both. Uh, she's lost. So she lost against Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's title. Okay. And yeah, then that... she lost against Kyrie Sane, like, a year ago at one of the takeovers for the NXT Women's title. Hmm. I don't, I don't think Baszler loses here. I don't think she. Yeah, I don't think so either. As much as I like Becky Lynch and I like the character, I think Shayna Baszler wins. Agreed. And and on to the next match. As you brought it up, it is Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. So I think this was such a good idea to have the woman who won the Royal Rumble be like, you know what? No, I could choose any title. I want the NXT NXT Women's Championship. That's what I want. 
And this comes back to them kind of trying to build NXT as its own brand, right? So is it exactly. like anyone can just go to NXT right now? Is that how it works? I mean, I believe so, because look at Finn Balor. He went back to NXT. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost not viewed as a demotion anymore. It's just like a third brand. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's what it deserves to be. I mean, it shouldn't be. I, I understand for a long time why it was kind of like the development developmental brand that it was. But, I mean, NXT, I mean, you can argue the past five, six years has consistently put on better matches than WWE. I mean, that's yeah. why, I mean, I prefer to watch the NXT takeovers over just wrestling pay-per-views in general because, I mean, the matches that you're going to see there, to me, it's like, it's no nonsense. There's not as much gimmick involved. And look, some people like wrestling for different reasons, right? right? So some people like wrestling because of the gimmicks. They like the storylines. Uh, they like, you know, the commentary. Uh, there are a bunch of different reasons why you why people like wrestling. But for me, it's just the in-ring performance. I mean, that's what I like most. There's nothing better than just a great match. And I think that NXT has really uh, done just that the past couple of years. So, yeah, Charlotte Flair versus Ray Ripley. This is a tough one because, like, Flair is the face of the women's division, obviously. Like, she's going to pass Ric Flair's record. Like, she's going to make her own record oh, yeah. of, like, times she holds the the, the women's, women's championship. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, Johnny, how many does she have already? She has, like, seven or eight already. No, nah, dude, she has, like, 10 or 11. She has 10 or 11, so that's crazy. <laughs> like, she's going to have 20, like, in the next two years. Probably. So it's just, that's just crazy. Uh, but, I mean, look, the name, Charlotte Flair. I mean, and she's ridiculous. She's a great she's, wrestler. I, I've said absolutely. this before. I've said, you know, I'm not just looking at, all right, this is a great female competitor. I, I think she's one of the best just all-around wrestlers in WWE right now. So it's tough because they've done a really good job of, of building Rhea Ripley. And, again, she's kind of that different bruiser that we've than we've ever seen before in the women's division. So, I don't know if it makes sense for her to drop the title right now. What do you think, John? I agree. Uh, I, I think in this match, I think I think this is going to be almost Rhea Ripley's, like, defining moment in her career where she beats the queen. Like, she says, like, yo, we are NXT. Like, we can go. And they had NXT win at, what was it, Survivor Series? Like, Team NXT? Yes. NXT won everything. Yeah, so I, I'm going to take Rhea Ripley here, even though kind of Charlotte Flair is like the face of one of the faces of the company right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Rhea Ripley retains. All right, on to a match that I know you've been dying to talk about. Oh, gosh. O originally booked as Spear versus Spear of Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was pulled. He said he did not feel comfortable uh, at the show because The Miz was sick. And he decided that he wanted to go home because, as we all know, he has a compromised immune system, you know, with leukemia and everything. So they are now booking Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the for the Universal Championship. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on here, Johnny. I, <laughs> look, I they did such a phenomenal job, and I will be very critical of WWE and wrestling in general when they mess up like I'm about to be right now. But they did such a great, great job building the fiend into the unstoppable force. And when you, I wasn't watching the match live, but when I got the update that Goldberg <laughs> won, I thought that it was a joke. I mean, this was something that legitimately, this is something that you kind of just joke around with your friends. Like, ah, <laughs> you know, watch Goldberg come in here. A few, a few spears and a jackhammer. He's going to squash 
the fiend just like he squashes everyone else. But in the back of your mind, you're like, there's no way. There's just no way that WWE could do that. After building Bray Wyatt the way that they have done the past couple of years, all the merchandise sales. Yeah. And then they did it, Johnny. <laughs> then they did it. Look, there's no chance that Braun Strowman wins the title here. I mean, this is kind of just a match that's thrown together. And I don't blame Roman Reigns one bit. I mean, everything that he's been through, like, there's no chance he should be anywhere near the performance center or, or wrestling right now. I mean, obviously his life and his family is much more important than wrestling, but uh, so I don't blame Roman Reigns one bit. And, you know, maybe Roman versus Goldberg would have been, I don't know, somewhat entertaining. It would have been cool for, I, I'm not going to put it in the same category as like a passing of the torch, like Hulk Hogan versus the rock, because I don't think that it kind of carries that same weight, but I guess that's kind of what they were trying to pull off here. Uh, but I'm going to say that Goldberg retains. So, as you mentioned, you didn't watch the match live. I actually watched the match live between Goldberg and The Fiend. And, you know, he did his whole shtick. He speared him. Jackhammer. And then The Fiend kicked out. And I'm like, okay, cool. And The Fiend locked in a manable claw. And I was like, oh, that's it. Like, The Fiend's going to beat him in, like, 30 seconds. This is perfect. And then he reversed. And then he hit him with another spear. And he kicked out again. And then he did another manable claw. And I was like, oh, this is it right here. When did you actually start getting nervous that Goldberg was going to win? When he got out of the second Man of a Claw, I was like, oh, okay. And then he speared him again, and then he speared him again, jackhammer, and I was like, nah, dude, there's no way he's going to pin him right now. Because I was like, dude, I, I watched this guy stand up from like 14 curb stomps. I watched this round curb stomp him like 14 times, and he just got up like it was nothing. And then they hit the three count, and I was like, wait, What? I was like, 50-plus-year-old Goldberg just beat The Fiend. And the thing that bothered me the most about this match, let me tell you. Goldberg beats The Fiend, and then Goldberg goes on the top rope to raise his belt, and The Fiend just stands up. And I'm like, you couldn't do that 25 seconds ago. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's WWE booking at its finest, man. And it's funny because... The, the, the whole thing you were saying, it, it's not even about the, um, the match being, oh, Goldberg versus Roman, Spear versus Spear. Because I know it's something they've been wanting to do for a while. But another reason that has been said of them doing this is they felt that Roman Reigns would have gotten booed a lot more at WrestleMania if he would have beaten The Fiend. I don't disagree here, but I would have rather seen that just because you would have then had two young talent in the main event, as you should. Yeah, and look, this is long-term booking. This is something that they should have thought about longer in advance, where if they wanted Roman to win a championship, why did it have to be against The Fiend? Like, why didn't they try and book someone else against The Fiend? Like, they, they did such a great job with The Fiend that... Yeah. It just didn't make sense for him to drop the title when he did. It wouldn't have made sense for him to drop the title at, at WrestleMania, even to Roman. They should have had, like, do Roman Brock again. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on in terms of, like, Raw, SmackDown, who's on what show. But, yeah. I, mean, I mean, have that happen. I mean, have Roman beat Brock again. Like, who, like whatever. Who cares about that? That's fine. Like, that could have been something for, for Roman to do and whatever. He walks out as a champion. That's fine. But... I don't know. It just it made no sense. It, this, this just comes back to long-term booking where, you know, if they were going to kind of build the fiend the way that they were, it just didn't make sense for, in my opinion, Roman to go over him 
unless I don't know. I just I don't know why. I don't know why they would have done it. Like, yeah, Roman's the guy, I guess. Like he's you know, he's the guy. He's the face of the company. It is what it is what it is. Yeah. I guess that's probably why they would have wanted him to go over, but just it, it didn't make sense for the fiend to lose. He shouldn't have lost for like another year. Legitimately. I agree. I absolutely agree. When it comes to the match, you know, I, honestly, I don't know who's going to win this match. I, I, I want to think it's Goldberg because everything is messed up. But you know what? It could very easily be Braun. And if Braun wins, this would be his first world title. Yeah, it's just everything I've read is kind of like the way that they've booked Braun this past year is not great. It's so not optimal. So, I mean, for them to just kind of throw him in here, I, I mean, I get why they did. It's just. I don't think I don't think that he he like they're just gonna throw him in there and he just wins the title now. I, I think Goldberg probably retains and they'll kind of push this off until I don't know they can do Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at like SummerSlam or Royal Rumble or something like that. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I'm I'm also gonna go with Goldberg though. He just a, a lot of titles are gonna retain here because you're 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 not gonna have titles change hands with um with without a crowd because you want that crowd reaction. Yeah. Which means on to our final match, the main event. Drew McIntyre versus the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Championship. Yeah, and this is one of those kind of classic heavyweight bouts that we were talking about earlier. Where, you know, we kind of anticipate the mid-card matches a little bit more. And this could end up being a solid match. But these are kind of like your typical heavyweight, you know, big guys in the main event. Like, it's Brock Lesnar, it's Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre won the Royal Rumble, correct? Correct. All right, so he chooses Brock Lesnar here, and it makes sense. And, look, I think Drew McIntyre has done a great job of reviving his career. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think he's going to beat Brock Lesnar. What do you think? I I think Drew has a legitimate chance of beating Brock Lesnar. I do. Okay, like, like, are are they kind of past... Brock Lesnar, or are they just like kind of pushing Drew McIntyre that far? No, I think it's pushing Drew. I think his time has finally come. You know, he came back to the company. He uh, he worked really hard to get where he is now. He um, he worked really hard to where he is now. You know, he ran through NXT. He came on the main roster. He did whatever he had to do. He did the mid card. He did the tag team division. And now, you know, he is a big guy. Like you said, it took him. A long time to rebuild his career. So I think this is kind of just like the, oh, hey, like, you did a good job. Like, here you go. We're going to give you the world title. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know technically, like, how far, like, how they've booked him. Like, is he, is he, like, legitimate? Is, is Drew McIntyre someone that, you know, you, well, do you think, like, Vince trusts him to be the champion? I do. Uh, the The Raw I went to in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, Drew came out, Brock was out there, and, uh, they did their whole little stare down, Brock went to go leave the ring, he came back to attack Drew, and he hit him with a claymore, uh, Brock, Drew left the ring, went, went back to the back, Brock came to the top of the, the, uh, the Titantron, and then Drew came out again, hit him with another claymore, the crowd was chanting one more time, Brock it up again, hit him with another claymore, like, it, it seemed legitimate, he was like, oh, like, I, I knocked down the beast three times. So they, they are they are building him, I think, in the right way. And I think that they can have a solid match. Like, I think these two can actually put on a pretty good match together. You know, typically Brock Lesnar matches do not last all that long. But yeah. I think that this can, you know, in terms of just 
two heavyweights putting on like as good of a match as they possibly can given the circumstances of like being bigger bodied human beings i think that this can wind up being one of the better matches with with two people that kind of fit that mold so i think it's gonna be a solid match i think brock lesnar retains i'm gonna go with drew mcintyre i think this is the one of the only championships that actually change hands on the card okay look at that we, we ran through the wrestlemania card ran it down so now something i want to do on this show Every week when I have a, a guest, we're going to change it around depending on what, what's going on, either the pay-per-view or just champions or superstars in general. But this week, I want to do our top 10 WrestleMania matches. And I in imagine our, we're probably going to have some overlap here. Uh, I, I would assume so, because, you know, there are so many that are iconic. I'm assuming, though, that we're going to have different numbers uh, with how we laid it out, which is going to be interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I you want to get started at number 10? You want me to get started? Well, before we start, uh, something I want I also want to do on this show is um, what happened today in wrestling history. So something that happened today in wrestling history, today was the day that Seth Rollins cashed in his money in the bank to become the world champion at WrestleMania. So I think that that is a great place to kind of start everything. I think that's a great segue because I actually have that as my number 10 moment. Like, what? number 10 moment match in WrestleMania history. I mean, while it wasn't... And I think it was a solid match. Like, I think actually... The, the Brock. I, I'm not a huge, like, Roman Reigns fan of just, like, his in-ring performance. But I actually think he did a really, really good job in this match against Brock Lesnar. And I was actually enjoying it heavily at the time. And then just the wow factor of Seth Rollins kind of coming in the way that he did. And cashing in and winning and whipping the belt all around. To me, just watching that live was one of my favorite wrestlemania moments not in terms of just like technical match analysis because it probably wasn't one of the best matches of all time but just like wow moments for me wrestlemania that is actually my number 10 moment brock lesnar versus reigns wrestlemania 31 rollins cashes in on today in history that's my number 10 moment johnny got you my number 10 moment is or, or match is charlotte versus becky versus sasha wrestlemania 32 so someone argued that that was the match of the night of that WrestleMania. And I chose that one because that was really, in my opinion, the the start of the actual women's revolution of like how we of how we have so many good women's wrestling going on today. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I remember that uh, very vividly as well. And I would agree. It's kind of, you know, obviously they didn't have Bailey in there. So it wasn't like the four horsewomen. Yeah. But I mean, they had three of the four and they, uh, they all performed very well. So I actually kind of thought about including that inside my top 10 as well. Probably just misses out, but again, there's so many matches in WrestleMania history. Oh, like, yeah. A top 10 list is just completely subjective, but I do agree. That was a great match. Yeah, a match that I actually watched earlier today, this is my number nine match in WrestleMania history, was, and this is basically going to be like the Shawn Michaels list. Shawn Michaels yeah. is on this list. <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. Okay. Was just a ridiculous match. I watched it earlier today, and it was... It was great. I mean, it had a bunch of different. It had high flying. It had, uh, it had technical wrestling. Yeah. It had submission. It had, um, you know, Kurt Angle was like bleeding from his mouth, uh, and Kurt Angle actually won that match, which I think at the time probably you know surprised some people as well. He actually made Shawn Michaels tap out. So number nine for me, HBK versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. So my number nine is I'm going with. Undertaker versus Triple H, WrestleMania 28, end of an era match. That match, I just felt 
was the culmination of the rivalry between Triple H and Taker, but it said literally what the match was built for is what it was. It was the end of an era. It was the last time people of like this attitude ever would be would be fighting each other. And just to have Sean included in that match well, as a referee, and when he hit the sweet chin music into the pedigree, everyone thought the streak was over at that point. But no, Taker kicked out. Like, that match just provides so many moments, and it just tells such a great story. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, don't kid yourself. We'll probably get that match in another five years. So, <laughs> <laughs> number eight moment for me was uh, actually Ric Flair versus Shawn McMichaels. Uh, Shawn McMichaels. <laughs> Shawn McMichaels. <laughs> Ric Flair versus HBK, uh, the career-threatening match at, at WrestleMania 24. Again, maybe not one of the better actual matches in wrestling history, but just one of the more awesome moments, I would say. I mean, everyone okay. remembers Shawn Michaels, the I'm sorry, I love you. He, yep. It's Ric Flair with the sweet chin music. He, he prints him after that. Boom. Career over. Uh, but I thought that it was very well done and kind of, all right, we were kind of done. We were ready for Ric Flair to be done with wrestling. At that point, so WrestleMania 24, uh, that's my number eight moment. Nice. My my number eight moment here is actually The Rock versus Stone Cold, WrestleMania 17. I I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know about you, I, I'm not speaking for you, but I feel like a lot of top tens, especially in WrestleMania history, there has to be at least one of the, the Stone Cold Rock matches in there. There has to be. Sure. Definitely. So, so I, I always preferred WrestleMania 17, the, uh, the one as the best. You know, the first match was good. Uh, WrestleMania 17, I just think, was just a hard-hitting match. And then, I don't know, I feel like when it comes to WrestleMania 19, I feel like you kind of knew who was going to win that match. That's why it kind of felt predictable. So I feel like the one right here in the middle was the one that told a better story. The only reason why I do not put it up further on my list is because how it ends. Uh, I hate how the match ends with Stone Cold beating down uh, on the rock with a chair. If he would have picked him up and given him one more stunner, it would have been perfect. I, just, I don't like that it ends with a bunch of chair shots. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. Uh, number seven for me is also a match involving The Rock. It's The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 18. Again, this was kind of the passing of the torch. And then later on, we had The Rock versus John Cena, and that was another like passing of the torch. But, I mean, this was awesome at the time that it was that it happened. It was, you know, WWE and WCW kind of had their whole thing going on, and you know, uh, Hulk Hogan comes back and, you know, the NWO, he's Hollywood Hulk Hogan, him oh, yeah. versus The Rock. I mean, they're two stars of their respective eras as well. Again, not really like technically a great match, but just a huge moment in wrestling history. So The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 18, number seven for me. So number seven for me is actually TLC triple threat tag team match number two. Some would say that this was the match that stole the show at WrestleMania 17. And listen, this is one of those iconic WrestleMania matches and moments where, you know, you have Jeff Hardy hanging from the top of the titles and then Edge spears him off. Like, it just it doesn't get crazier than that when it comes to WrestleMania. Yeah, that was a ridiculous moment. And we were actually talking before the show, and I, I was kind of figuring out whether I wanted to have that in there or not. But for me, uh, you know, I still prefer the first TLC match, uh, the one that took place, I believe it was at SummerSlam. Uh, it's the one that you kind of remember. It was Jeff Hardy doing the Swanton Bomb off the ladder yes. through the table for like the first time, and everyone kind of like lost their mind. So uh, because it was like the second iteration of that match, I chose not to have it on this list. But number six for me, and I guess this is like a theme at this point. I mean, a lot of these matches are not like technically great matches, but 
I mean, Lesnar versus Undertaker. WrestleMania 30. I mean, the streak was broken. I mean, that's, again, one of the biggest moments in wrestling history. It was it was kind of one of those moments where that you were talking about before with The Fiend versus Goldberg, where you're like, ah, well, you know, look, he's not going to actually lose. It's just something you always thought, like, oh, well, The Undertaker's not going to actually lose. And then we got, we got the... Uh, the guy's face, the streak yeah. over face, like that's something that's going to live in wrestling history as well. So for me, it was just a huge moment. It's I never thought Undertaker was going to lose at WrestleMania, and he did so at WrestleMania 30. That's number six for me. Uh, number six for me, I chose Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. This is probably one of the best technical matches you can ever watch in WrestleMania history. And this match is great because it's actually a time where Owen Hart got to shine, and he actually beat Bret Hart in this match, WrestleMania 10. Yeah, so that was a long time ago, and that's one of those matches where you kind of, you don't forget just kind of how iconic it was, just two great competitors going out there, and then obviously the fact that, you know, Owen Hart was part of it, and just knowing what we know now about Owen Hart, and yeah, there was a lot of significance in that match, and for me, that's kind of why I have this this ne- this next match, number five, and a lot of people have this match higher, Um Macho Man versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. A lot of people consider this one of the best matches in wrestling history for the Intercontinental title. And and I still think it's a fantastic match. It's inside my top five. It's just the matches that I have just ahead of this one, uh, to me, stood out a little bit more. And, you know, one thing I'll say about this match is is a lot of matches back then, like WrestleMania 3, they kind of don't really compete with the athleticism of, of the technicality that we have in wrestling now. But I think this is one match that actually kind of stands the test of time. So yeah. Macho Man versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, WrestleMania 3, that's number five for me. So number five for me, you've actually already mentioned it, is uh, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. I feel like there's not much for me to touch on because you kind of hit all the buttons there. Listen, it was a great match. It was technical. There was everything that had to be involved, high-flying, submission. You, you, you got the Shawn Michaels surprise switch in music's in there. Like It was just overall a phenomenal match. Yeah, it was a great match. Number four for me is is another Shawn Michaels match as well. And Shawn Michaels going up against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match for the WWE Championship. Uh, that was uh, the boyhood dream. That was, you know, Shawn Michaels coming out party, uh, winning his first WWE Championship. I mean, this is, look, this goes down as, you know, one of the best moments in wrestling history. And a lot of people consider Shawn Michaels the best in-ring performer in, in wrestling history. And because of that, I think, when you look at one of his one of the most iconic moments in his career, I think that has to be part of this. So I have that number four. For number four for me, I have Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, WrestleMania 13. This is another iconic match that um, it, it, it's a submission match. And if you watch uh, Stone Cold's uh, Broken Skull Sessions with Bret Hart, he says he was pissed about this match originally because he was like, I'm Stone Cold. I don't do submissions. What am I going to do a submission match? But they still put on a hell of a match. You had Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee of this match because they knew that these two were going to come out hard-hitting, which they did. Because this is the match where you get the iconic stone-cold blood running down the face. And I would would say, and most people would say, that this was the stone-cold coming out party of who stone-cold would become later on. Yeah, I don't think I really need to say much more than that because it's actually my number three match. It's Stone Cold <laughs> versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13, the submission match as well. It's 
you know, everyone remembers the moment. You'll never forget it. The blood running down the face of Stone Cold. I mean, it's one of those kind of images that is kind of cemented in wrestling history. And it was the coming out moment for, you know, again, one of the best performers in wrestling history in Stone Cold, you know, as was Bret Hart. But I would say that Stone Cold in terms of popularity is actually ahead of Bret Hart in his career. Uh, so for me, yeah, that's number three. I think you hit on all of it. Uh, for me, my number three is Ricky the Dragon Female versus uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And again, you hit on a lot of the points too here about like a technical wrestling match happening at a time when there wasn't really a lot of technical wrestling happening. But another reason why I put this so uh, high up on my list was you will you hear wrestlers say today that that match is the match that inspired me to become a wrestler. So so that inspiration of that match, like of how powerful it is, is why I put it at number three. Absolutely. Number two for me, we're getting down here, down the stretch. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, the 25th anniversary. I have this as my number two match. I mean, these guys put on, you know, phenomenal matches two years in a row, but I think the first one really, really stole the show. And again, that's, look, that's part of the moniker of Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, the showstopper, uh, just puts on, you know, classic match after classic match. This was, you know, in the midst of Undertaker's unbeaten streak as well. Uh, so the first of the two at the 25th anniversary, that's number two for me. Number two for me is actually Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12. Again, you hit all the points on it. This was Shawn Michaels coming out party. The boyhood dream had finally come true. And listen, the, these guys went an hour. And this is another time. This is a time in wrestling when technical wrestling was, you know, just hitting its stride. And this is one of those times where I feel like the main event finally, finally showed that technical wrestling can be in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, look, it was ridiculous. I hit on it as well. Uh, my number one, Johnny actually mentioned this one earlier. And again, this list is subjective. I mean, it just comes down to, you know, what matches kind of affected you uh, the most. And for me, and it kind of comes down to the buildup of everything between this match. Stone Cold versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. And what I consider the best promo of all time. Oh. With, with <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the best promo in wrestling history. And you want to talk about, look, I'm I'm 28 years old. So I grew up, I mean, at the time, this was kind of like, these were the guys. The Rock yeah. versus Stone Cold. I mean, this is this is the Attitude Era defined. I mean, these are... To me, probably the two biggest, maybe you, you put Hulk Hogan in this category as well, the two biggest just personas, the two biggest names in wrestling history, Stone Cold versus The Rock, just so much magnitude. And they had multiple matches at WrestleMania. To me, uh, this one kind of stands out the most because of the promo, uh, the fact that at the time it was, you know, Vince McMahon gets involved and you're just kind of like, what the heck is going on? Vince McMahon. Yeah. And Stone Cold are supposed to hate each other. This is crazy. I do agree with the ending. Should have, you know, it seemed kind of anticlimactic, the ending yeah. a bit. But pick him up, stun him a little bit. Maybe have The Rock, you know, kind of kick out of the all the chair shots. Pick him up, stun him, do something like that. But it seemed a little anticlimactic, so I understand that. But to me, it's just, uh, this was kind of like, these were the guys. It was Stone Cold versus The Rock. And, and I consider that the best promo of all time as well. So I have that as number one. Number one for me, and you've actually already mentioned, is Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. When people ask me, because, you know, listen, it's it, it's a hard thing to do. But when people ask me, what is your favorite match of all time? I easily say Taker, Michaels, WrestleMania 25, just because this match, the build, phenomenal. The build was phenomenal. And 
And this is a match where I feel like they, they blend together, like, the story aspect of wrestling and the actual wrestling so well that it's not in most matches. And look at what these guys were doing in this match, like, technically, at the age that they were. Like, you didn't think that they could still do things like this. And this match, like, this match had the false, the false finishes. They had the sweet chins out of nowhere. They... When sh- what and this has one of those iconic moments where Shawn Michaels kicks out of the tombstone and Taker is shocked. His face is shocked because no one does that. So this is this one has to be my number one. Yeah, and it's hard to argue with that because I have it number two. And again, these lists are are subjective, but you know people like the countdown list and it, and it gives people something to do right now while they're quarantined. So you can kind of go back and watch all of these matches, some of the best in WrestleMania history. But you know, I think it makes sense to kind of do the top 10 list right now with the, uh, with the, I guess somewhat the slow build here to WrestleMania which <laughs> from today. But uh, yeah, I think it makes sense to run through the top 10 list. And I don't think there's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's just, you know, what matches have you enjoyed most? What, moments have affected you the most in your life as a wrestling fan no yeah i absolutely agree with that all right i think we've uh, reached our end here of this podcast so i want to say thank you to frankie stample for coming to join me on this uh on this wonderful sunday to talk wrestling and wrestlemania yeah, I appreciate you having me, Johnny. It was it was a lot of fun. I have to catch up on my wrestling. I, I will be watching WrestleMania, so hopefully all of my predictions come true. And again, anyone who wants to listen to some fantasy baseball analysis, check me out, Fantasy Baseball Today, the CBSSports.com Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, you can find all of my work over at CBSSports.com as well. Uh, thanks, Johnny. I appreciate you having me on. No problem, man. For Frankie Stample, for Jonathan Stample, we'll see you guys next time.